to the Create a Dynasty podcast. Tonight, the dynasty is born, baby. Where chasing championships never ends. This fantasy football podcast is brought to you by CreatorRank.com. Follow us on Twitter at CreatorRank. And find us on Facebook and YouTube. The road to glory begins now. As we discuss draft strategy, trade advice, and player evaluation to help you create a dynasty. Yes, it's a dynasty. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Creative Dynasty Podcast. We have another great show for you today. I'm your host, Lou, here with Nate and Ben as always. Before we get into the show, I want to let you know about CreatorRank.com. This podcast is brought to you by CreatorRank.com, our brand new fantasy football website where you the fan can create your own set of customized player rankings. We have a great team putting out content every day in the form of articles, videos, podcasts, and more. We also offer a 20-minute one-on-one chat with our site experts completely free for 2019. For more, follow us on Twitter at CreatorRank and check us out on Facebook and YouTube. So for this episode, we're going to get into some news. We're going to finish off the NFC West, and then we're going to get into the prospect of the week, of course, because we want you to be ready for next year, and we're going to finish off with some Twitter analysis. You know what, guys? Let's go ahead and get get into some news right now. Dallas, Amari Cooper, aiming for 2,000 yards receiving, wants to be a Cowboy for a, a long time. All right. Well, Ben and uh, Lou, you guys are the Eagles fans, so let's, uh, let's hear what you think about <laughs> 2,000 yards receiving. <laughs> so my initial thought is, like, it's great to have lofty goals, but um, he's not going to get it. Unless there's an injury to Zeke, there's no way that – I mean, I know they're saying they're going to change their offense so it's not run, run, you know, play action, punt. But how it was for the past few years with Scott Lindman. Um, yeah, it's just I, I don't see them doing that at all. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I can't imagine it. Yeah, you want somebody with goals, and honestly, he needs – Zeke, if he is even going to get close to that, because I, I don't think he can be the number one anything on the team. Yeah. Zeke is uh, the one that's uh, going to take. I'm sorry, go. go. No, yeah, that makes sense to me, man. I don't think he, can, he couldn't do it in uh, Oakland with uh, Latavius Murray. So, like, yeah. he's going to have a shot at it. He's going to need lighter boxes. He's going to need uh, stuff set up for him, like, specifically for him. So, uh, I don't know. It's lofty, but. Yeah, well, let me ask you guys. Who has a better chance of getting a a 200-yard season? Not even receiving, just a season. Amari Cooper or DJ? Because he said he wants to do the same thing. David Johnson. Uh, A thousand thousand and a thousand. Yeah. uh, Rushing, receiving. I'd probably have to lean DJ, I would say, just based on that air raid offense. Uh, a lot of 10 personnel, which is one running back, zero tight ends. And uh, I think there's a lot of options for him. And I just – I mean, Calvin Johnson owns a record with like 1984. Don't quote me on that, but he didn't even break 2,000 yards, I don't think. So it's like <laughs> – I don't know, Mari. Like lofty, lofty goals. I really like where your head's at, man. But uh, I don't think that's going to happen. 
Yeah, I think it's on average like what 104 yards a game he's receiving to reach that for 16 uh, games. 100, or it'd be 120 because it's like 62 yards a game or something like that to get a thousand across 16. Um, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, I really did the math wrong. Well, yeah, so, with the quick math. Yeah, I, I, it's yeah. probably not right, but it, it's close. It's it's like just about 60 yards a game. Hey, if you which, if you believe it, it sounds right. Yeah, I'm just confident about it. I just <laughs> yeah, I mean, him, like, him wanting to be a cowboy too is. I think that's good news for Cowboys fans, but it, it's nice to say, but when money talks. And so they just uh, dealt with Dak, if, I, if that's correct. Right? He just got paid um, or yeah. he's going to engage shortly. And um, you got Zeke there. Like, you got to make up your mind. You can't. I don't think they're going to be able to afford all of these guys. No, no, no I agree. There's another thing, too, is like their number two is Randall Cobb, and they're hoping Michael Gallup takes a step. So, like, yeah. the target order is going to go Cooper, Zeke, and then who? <laughs> yeah, Gallup's got talent, but, yeah, I mean, he's not this bona fide two. He's not, um, you know, yeah. Miles Austin back in the day. He's he's he, he's a viable option, but he's never going to be the guy that – he's not like Michael Crabtree was for Mark Cooper. You know, where you have – you can soften up coverage on the other side. So, yeah. Mark Cooper is going to constantly see the one. He's constantly going to have – to deal with Zeke yep. getting fed, he's going to deal with Dak, um, who I don't think is Cobb. a great deep passer. Um, Cobb, right? Yeah, yeah, Randall Cobb. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I just I don't see it happening. Yeah, uh, me either. Chicago Tyree Cohen doesn't expect his role to change. That's that's hard to to envision. I'm a big Tyreek Cohen guy. Um, led me to a title game last year. Uh, after trading, but Le'Veon Bell to get Tariq Cohen and some first round picks, but um, he was like the running back thirteen or fourteen, I think, last year thirteen in PPR. But that was with Allen Robinson being banged up, Anthony Miller was banged up, Adam Shaheen, their tight end they took in the second round two years ago, he was banged up, Mitch Trubisky banged up, uh, Jordan Howard who can't catch football. Um, as the only other backfield option. Now they have Mike Davis in the backfield, who was Seattle's pass catcher last year. They have David Montgomery, who's a quality pass catching back. He's not Terry Cohen quality, but he could. he's a viable pass catcher. You're going to have, hopefully, Allen Robinson full strength, Anthony Miller full strength, Shaheen back full strength. So there's a lot of mouths to feed. Um, I just feel like he's still going to be explosive, but I, I don't know if he'll have the same volume that he's had before. Uh, no, I, I would agree with that. I think his volume dips, but like he says, his role isn't going to change, and his role is a Swiss Army knife for that offense. Yeah, that's like, fair. We, his role probably him, stays the same, just reduced. Right, we've seen him uh, catch a touchdown, rush for a touchdown. Uh, his rookie year, we've seen him return kicks, return punts, and then yeah. last year he even threw a touchdown. Dude's like right. miles. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I yeah, I definitely still think with all that said, he's still going to be in the top 24 for running backs and PPR. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's just, I wouldn't expect him to repeat what he has done. Yeah. Numbers wise. Yep. I agree with you. Yeah, I have. And this is another one that I've done. I have him down for about 212 fantasy points per the year, 13.2 per game receiving yeah, yards, six, 665. And then rushing yards, 436 with three and three touchdowns to uh, TD ratio. Yeah, that's pretty solid. I mean, yeah. since you're talking PPR 
That's a solid running back too. Yeah, no, and right yeah. now these projections are based off uh, half PPR. So half. Got yeah. You. Hold on, let me see. I can do this. No, actually, it's PPR. So yep. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that's solid running back too. It's just I don't think it kind of goes in that James White thing again, where I think Cohen saw a boost last year because of all those players being down that I mentioned prior. Just like James White saw a lot more volume. There's still viable running back twos that you can play every week and probably not worry about. It's just I don't know if you're going to end up getting that ceiling of a running back one. Right. No, yeah. I I completely agree. All right, guys, you guys ready to get into the next segment? Let's you ready, Ben? Yeah, by all means. All right. I, I'm the San Fran fan, right? Is that is that another? Is that me? Is that? Yeah. Are Are you a San Fran fan? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I think I think Lou, this one's queued up perfectly for you, brother. The San Francisco 49ers, the best team in the division in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Jimmy Garoppolo, quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. He's 27, year old, 27 years old, entering his sixth NFL season. But realistically, he's, I mean, as a starting QB, he's entering his second season, and he didn't have a full season. Yeah. So, I mean, he's been in the league six years, but hasn't had that role until now. He tore his ACL right. last year, played only three games. He does come from Belichick's system. So, I mean, there's a lot of potential. And I know last year everybody was looking at him like he was and in QB dynasty. He was being drafted very high. So I think now this year with the injury that happened, he's being drafted around where he should have been drafted last year. In 2017 yeah. half season with San Francisco, after the trade posted, 120 100, completions. Yeah. 120 completions. Yep, on 178 attempts. There you go. Obviously, you know, Nate put these stats together. <laughs> Thousand, uh, 1,560 yards and seven touchdowns with five interceptions. And is he the answer? In three games in 2018, he threw three interceptions. And realistically, that is the problem with Jimmy Garoppolo is he likes throwing interceptions. Yeah, I mean, look at the, the, the half of 17, seven touchdowns with five picks, um, but 1,500 yards. You know, so it's like it seems like you're getting the volume, you're getting the touchdowns, but it's almost like you're getting a Jameis Winston effect where Winston can win you a week, man, but he could he could also lose you a week because he threw three picks. And I'm not saying yeah. grapples at that extreme level where Winston is, but um, with like you're saying, a lot of uncertainty. They did pay him the big deal, um, but is it is he the guy? And that's me as an outsider. Like, I question – I really I love the hype around him. I love him as a young quarterback. But I'm sitting there doing my rankings. I actually have him at QB 14 because I can't. It's just the uncertainty of it. I think he has a potential with Kyle Shanahan to jump into that QB one. But there's just so many question marks with the health. There's question marks with the experience. There's question marks uh, with the turnovers. And so I, I'm just kind of in this like I'll take him, but I'm not like I'm not stoked for him to be my QB one necessarily. So that's just my opinion. Yeah, and and to go off that a little bit. I mean, for Dynasty, is he the guy? No, not right now. For the 49ers, is he the guy? Yeah, I think so. Just because within those five games, he didn't know the Shanahan system. Yeah. So if, if you look at him, and I paid very close attention when we had him because I knew that if, if, when he was producing, we were going to have to pay him to keep him because everybody was going to go after him. 
But, I mean, yep. when you see a quarterback make plays just by the vision and, and the IQ, the football IQ, he was doing it while I'm sure trying to do it within Shanahan's system. And then he had a whole year. I mean, you've seen the potential, but he's never had a full offseason. So, I mean, now, as of now, he's had two full offseasons. And I hope while he was injured, he was really taking in Shanahan's system because his system is really known, Shanahan's system is really known for being very difficult. Yeah, no, it's complex, but it, it reaps benefits, you know, like. Yeah. It, you score a lot of points, <laughs> but you got to know what you're doing. Yeah, so. exactly. So it's just, it, is there a lot of risk? Yes. But the reward with him, I mean, is just, it is up there. Yeah, I think 19 is a very big year for him. Uh, looking at his contract, so he signed a, after that trade, uh, he signed a deal to make him the richest quarterback, highest paid quarterback in the NFL, which that is such a, it's a, it's a fallacy when somebody says, oh, he's the highest paid. Like he's the highest paid until the next quarterback gets paid. So it, it's just, yes, at the time he was the highest paid quarterback. And then I think it went to Derek Carr and then it went to Matt Stafford. And now, you know, now we're up way above that with Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. and these guys. But um, after 2019, they can get, after this coming season, they can get rid of him with only 4.2 million in dead cap. Um, because his cap hits actually jump uh, in 19, he's going to make 19.3 million. In 2020, he makes 26.6 million. 21, it's 26.9 million, and in 2022, it's 27 million. So, I think this is a big year for him and the San Francisco 49ers because if he's not going to produce at a quality level that they can win and get get to the playoffs and potentially push for a Super Bowl, then I, I think it would be hard pressed for them to spit out almost 27 million a year for the next three years with a question mark product. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I agree. He, he has to, if not, he just can't lose them games. Really. It can't be on him. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Cause that's, I think Shanahan is a smart guy and you saw it with, with Bether and you saw it with uh, Nick Mullins. Um, those dudes were good enough to be in games. They weren't necessarily good enough to win games. And I think Garoppolo is well above that. And I think a lot of that has to do with Kyle Shanahan and the ability. And now you add these weapons. We'll talk about the three-headed monster in the backfield. We'll talk about Dante Pettis, Devo Samuel, and George Kittle, all these other guys. There's a lot of talent. And so he doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers. He's just got to be like a Kirk Cousins-type suitable quarterback. That's all he's got to do. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just – like I said, not, not to – just to – kind of finish with this but two years ago when the 49ers right before they got Garoppolo they were in every game they lost them but they were pretty much there yeah once they got yep. Jimmy they they went on that five game winning streak once he started so he has that potential is just can he put it together and stay healthy I agree no. I agree I agree as well my biggest question though is like let's say he gets hurt again like God, let's hope he doesn't. But let's say he does, and they finish again, and you know the bottom three of the NFL with the quarterbacks that are coming in. Do they say, "Hey, sorry, you know, I, I think you're now yeah. a bridge quarterback"? Or I think they cut what? him because they have they have an out on his contract. They can they can yeah. dump on oh, twenty seven million a year, take uh, Tua or Herbert or uh, you know somebody else in high if they're in it. And, and nothing against Jimmy G, man. Like, sometimes that just happens, man. Like, all these yeah. talented guys, like, sometimes you just – you can't put it together because of an injury. And it's not it's like he's out there turning himself outside of football. It's, it just happens sometimes. So, No, yeah. I agree. I agree. 
Uh, ben, you want to cover the, the running backs, all three of these guys real quick? Just glance over them and I'll hit the contract stuff. Not really because it's a headache. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I did Jimmy over these guys. Yeah. All right. So, uh, as Nate mentioned, there is a three-headed monster in San Francisco where we don't know which one is the main head, and we probably won't know until next year. But uh, the running backs are Tevin Coleman, who is a 26-year-old uh, entering his fifth year in the NFL. Uh, he was the backup to Devontae Freeman, uh, signed with San Fran during the er, during the offseason. Uh, when he was in Atlanta, he never finished lower than RB22 as a backup, which is absurd. So the main question that comes to him or with him is, was it because of Atlanta's system or was it actually him? Uh, and when he actually got the starting role with Devonta Freeman going out with uh, injury uh, week one, he uh, he didn't really take the starting role and run with it like 90% of the population thought he would. Uh, he only had 800 yards rushing, four touchdowns, uh, roughly 4.8 yards per carry. Uh, he still held his uh, receiving prowess, which was 42 targets, 32 catches, 276 yards and five touchdowns. Um, and like I said earlier, he did sign with San Fran for a two-year, $8.5 million deal, uh, but there is a dead, no dead cap for him in 2019, so he could be very easily cut if he doesn't produce this year. Uh, yep. And we move on to Jarek McKinnon, who was, I guess, the biggest hype train that the darling of last year. Yep. Yeah. Um, so he's 27, entering his sixth year. And uh, freaking he tore his ACL on the last practice before game day, just making a cut with no one around him. And, yeah, so that's really unlucky. But uh, when he was in Minnesota, when I believe that was the year Dalvin Cook went out with ACL, yeah. Uh, He finished RB17 while splitting carries with Latavius Murray and really showed that, you know, this guy is an elusive, explosive, you know, PPR back. Uh, Then he signs the mega deal with, not the mega deal, but signs a huge deal with the 49ers, which Nate will get into. but at his time, when he was in Minnesota, he got uh, 51 or 60, 68 targets, 51 catches, 421 yards, two touchdowns, and 570 yards on the ground, which is very, very good for you know the games that he played. Yeah. And we move on to Matt Breida, who turned out to be this year's you know steal of the season, besides uh, Philip Lindsay at running back. Uh, with Jerick McKinnon going out. Uh, he's 24, entering his third year in the NFL. Uh, he tore his pec this offseason, but uh, with the time of when he tore it, he should be back in time for the NFL season. Uh, but with that said, he was on the um, injury report probably every week, yep. if I remember correctly, with something yeah. else. But uh, he played 14 games in 2018, played through them all. Uh, he had 814 rushing yards, three touchdowns, five, roughly 5.3 yards per carry. He had 31 targets, 27 catches, 261 yards receiving, and two touchdowns. Uh, he was a PPR RB26. And uh, 
he was an undrafted free agent. So he, he's on a three-year deal and he'll probably be a restricted free agent in 2020. And if I'm being honest, he's probably the biggest trade con- candidate out of these three to go somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, so looking at the contracts, so a couple things I want to talk about with contracts. Uh, dead cap, that means money that you pay to a player after he is off your team. So um, as a Lions fan, uh, Nadama can sue. We, yeah. Our front office did not manage that correctly, but he was playing for the Dolphins, and because of the way the contract worked out for us, we were actually paying him. The Detroit Lions were paying him to play for the Dolphins. So dead cap is – something that counts against your cap space for that season, even though that player is no longer on the team. So when we say dead cap, that's what we're getting at. Um, and then a restricted free agent, uh, that means um, you can enter free agency and a team can match the offer. But um, I'm sorry. So say Brita is a restricted free agent in 2020. Say he, he goes in free agency and some team wants to give him a contract. Well, the 49ers reserve the right to match that contract and if they match it, he comes back to them. So that happened this year with Malcolm Brown of the Los Angeles Rams. The Lions offered him a contract. The Rams had a, a time period to respond and match the contract, which they did, and brought him back. Um, so I think, Ben, if I'm thinking about it, if I'm the 49ers, Breed is the cheapest. Breed has showed me that he can do it. Uh, Tevin Coleman has no dead cap after this year. So um, we kind of talk about was it the Atlanta system or was it talent? You know, it was Kyle Shanahan initially. Uh, that made Tevin Coleman this this uh, this this animal, you know, this quality backup and was able to do a lot of stuff in Atlanta uh, was while yeah. Kyle Shanahan was there. So now he's coming back with him. Jarek McKinnon, super explosive PPR back. Uh, both of those guys are, are pretty good at catching the ball, but I think uh, Brita is probably the better runner of the three. Um, so in my opinion, I think you can get out of Tevin Coleman after this year if he's not, unless he runs away with the job, you can get, you can get out of him after this year. Um, and then Jarek McKinnon, uh, yes, his numbers do go up significantly. In 19, it's 5.75 mil, 20, it's 8.8, and 21, it's 9.2. So those numbers do climb up. But if I, if I had to pick one, I'd probably trade Jarek McKinnon, get him off the books, because they have an out after this season with $6 million, uh, in dead cap, and I'd just roll Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida if I, had to, if I was playing GM. But that's just me. Uh, uh, I just think like with all the reports that are coming out and again, it's, you know, off season reports always taken with a grain of salt was that, you know, Tevin Coleman's got the best chance to be the lead back and then to be the goal line back. And that's kind of where fantasy production comes from most of the time with, with most running back by committees is who's going to score the touchdowns, not who's going to get the most volume, but who's got you going to cap it off. Sure. Because oh. you know you could get 20 carries a game, but you get 80 yards, no touchdowns, and then you're running your second running back, like it happened with Tevin Coleman in Atlanta with Edo Smith. He would take yep. in from the 10 and in, and, you know, get the touchdowns. And yeah, oh, I feel you, Lou. What did you see last year as a San Fran fan? Um, you know, I just want to move on. I really don't want to talk about the bad stuff of uh, the 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm honestly like with Nate. Breda showed he can do it. I mean, realistically, if anything, Shanahan has shown that he can pretty pretty much run that system if he just has a competent a competent back. And Breda is a competent back. The only thing with Breda is he gets injured. But with yep. Breda, I mean, that dude will play through anything. Yep, he's a warrior. 
No, he really is. And I mean, when it comes down to it, I mean, I think Coleman has a better chance because he knows the Shanahan system like the back of his hand. McKinnon, they paid yep. him. And a lot of the things with McKinnon last year is they were comparing him to Freeman, but it's a comparison. It's not who he is. But I mean, right. let's say he is, you got both now with Freeman and McKinnon. So they both can be usable. But the the tricky part is, is that they do have Bereta, which the Falcons really didn't have. So it's just, it's a cluster. Yeah, I think I think it's not going to be a fun backfield to try to figure out this year. But with those, with McKinnon having an out after this season, uh, with um, Coleman having an out after the season as well, I think you just kind of draft one of those guys and hope he's there. They're all quality backs. And so if, if Coleman's not on the San Francisco 49ers next year, I don't see a reason why he still can't be a contributor for another team. Same thing with McKinnon um, next season. So, yeah. yeah, no, I agree. And this is where – so getting into the pass catchers, I really like what San Francisco is doing. Uh, they're very young, um, and they're very talented. So <laughs> I can't put it any, any more clear than that. Dante Pettis is probably the wide receiver one, and then Debo Samuel is probably the wide receiver two. Both of them are second-round picks. Both of them are 23 years old. Debo's in his rookie year. He was taken at the, the number 36 pick this year in the 2019 NFL draft. Dante Pettis is entering his second year. Pettis played 12 games, but dealt with a bunch of uh, lower body injuries. Uh, reports have him up 10 pounds from 2018, so he's now about 200 pounds, which is pretty uh, significant when you're talking uh, being below 200 pounds. 10 pounds is, is a pretty good chunk of weight. Seems to be moving around well at OTAs. In 2018, he posted 27 catches on 45 targets for 467 yards and five touchdowns, which was an unexciting wide receiver 71. Um, but him and Debo both being second round picks will have four year deals, very similarly priced. Um, Dante Pettis will be a unrestricted free agent after 2021. And then Debo has not actually signed his contract yet, but that shouldn't be an issue uh, going forward. And then George Kittle, uh, fourth round, I'm sorry, fifth round pick, um, 25 is entering year three last year. He actually set the single season record for receiving yards by a tight end. Uh, on 136 targets, 88 catches, 13, 77 in the yards, and five touchdowns. Uh, good for the tight end number three PPR. Uh, that, well, yeah, the elephant in the room is: is he going to get an extension? When does he get an extension? Because his 19 cap is only $700,000, and his 20 is only $800,000. So, to be literally setting records and making less than a million dollars a year is pretty bonkers. Um, so that's going to have to come up at some point, but I don't see that being an issue for them either with how young they are everywhere else. Yeah, no, I yeah. agree. I think the pass catching cord that San Fran has, has a very bright future. Uh, and like, let's not forget with Dante Pettis, you know, you read his stat line, which is that it was uneventful, but for the past, for the last five weeks, he was, don't quote me on this, but say wide receiver five or higher. Uh, he was just absolutely killing it week in, week out. And it was with Nick Mullins. Yep. So imagine what you can do with Jimmy G. And yeah, I've seen uh, – yeah. No, you can go ahead if you got something to say. I've seen people knock. Be like, oh, well, don't Dante, – Dante Pettis shouldn't be so high. George Kittle, don't expect the same thing because it's, they're getting a different quarterback. It's like, yeah, they're getting a different quarterback. They're getting a better quarterback. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why yeah. do I expect less? <laughs> 
So, and another thing I want to point out about about George Kittle is based on his almost 1,400 yards receiving, his five touchdowns were incredibly low. So I would expect probably a decrease in his yards, but an increase in his touchdowns. I think he'll probably still finish in that top three, um, just yeah. with a, a different mixture of of scoring. Yep, no, I would agree with that. And then you got uh, mine and Lou's baby and Debo. Yep. Um, yes. So, like I said, I think he will – he'll have his rookie struggles, but I also think that he'll be like what Deshaun Hamilton was when Emmanuel Sanders went down. You know, just a high, high amounts of targets and receptions, not great in yards, but I do believe Debo is more, a better uh, runner after the catch than Deshaun Hamilton. So that might be able to compensate for it, but that's kind of what I have for him. It's exciting, like you said. Yeah, coming out of San Francisco, you already know who the main target is. It's going to be Kittle. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a lot. Like I said earlier, it's potential for the future. And that's where they are. I think they're going to have a good season, but the ball's still going to get spread around. It's going to be Kittle. Then it's going to be uh, Pettis. And then a mixture of one of the backs as their third option. Right. Yeah, and that's you keep talking about. We talk about Garoppolo. Like, dude, this is a nice set of weapons to have. There, there's a lot of opportunity for success with all of the skill players and the youth that comes with it as well. Because it's all manageable. If you're going to have a, a quarterback, if you're going to pay twenty six million, twenty seven million dollars a year, you're going to have to go cheap elsewhere. And Pettis and Debo both under cheap contracts. Um, Kittle under cheap contract for the next two years. Like these are things you can go capitalize on. So, no, I agree. And do you think there's any other players to look out of out of that that team? Not really. Mark Marquise Goodwin kind of let me down last year. Uh, I guess maybe for a late dart, late fire. But I'm probably not taking him. I'm probably locked in with the Pettis and Debo and then George Kittle at pass catchers. Yeah, I would still. I would say just keep an eye out on um, Trent Taylor and then their rookie Hurd, uh, Jalen Hurd. Yep. Okay. Yep. He's a, he's a little bit of a Swiss Army knife. I mean, he played running back, wide receiver. I think they're going to mix him at tight end. So uh, keep an eye out on what his uh, position is. Could be like a uh, Marquise Colston was for the Saints back in the day. Yahoo had him at a tight end, even though he's playing wide receiver. And so he might be able to sneak him. Uh, Jalen Samuels, actually, last year they had him at tight end. He was a running back. So you could uh, might be able to win a cheap week or two with that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, and Trent Taylor is another one I'm going to be looking at for that team to see how exactly they use him. Yep, the slot wide receiver from Louisiana Tech. Yep. So, so before we get Sorry. into the next one, which is the Arizona Cardinals, I do want to take a moment to tell our listeners about a fully customizable, po- customizable podcast service offered right on creatorrank.com, brought to you by the guys at CPMC. This service offers a fully customizable podcast for your fantasy football league. They will evaluate rosters, give power rankings, do mock drafts, give out draft grades, suggest trades, preview playoffs, and anything else your league needs. Find them on Twitter at CP, CPMC Podcast and creatorrank.com slash product slash CPMC. Last team in the NFC West, uh, Los Angeles Rams, former, or I guess the NFC champs from last year. Uh, 
The quarterback, they got a young Jared Goff, 24 years old, entering his fourth NFL season. Outside of his rookie year, he's finished as the QB 12 and the QB 7, which was last year. Uh, he is a part of an elite offense with elite, elite weapons and an elite head coach. Uh, last year, he was uh, 346 completions on 561 attempts for 4,688 yards, 32 touchdowns, and 12 picks. Uh, so he's got the five-year first overall pick contract, team option for the fifth year. He's in his fourth season. They've already picked up his fifth year. So this is generally when they're going to start working the extension. And, you know, like we talked about, it's not who's the highest paid quarterback, it's who's next. And so he should be in that, you know, $30 million a year plus range uh, for a contract extension coming up here. Um, some of the concerns with him are after Gurley went down, or not, not went down, but started to slow with his knee injury in the back half of 2018, uh, his uh, Jared Goff's numbers actually decreased as well. I have him as my dynasty quarterback 10 just because he's attached to uh, Sean McVay being the elite mind. Uh, for the running back situation, um, I'm going to highlight Todd Gurley just because he seems to be pretty polarizing at this point. He's 24 years old, entering his fifth NFL season. In his two seasons with Sean McVay as a head coach, he's been the PPR running back one and the PPR running back three, which is pretty dang good. Uh, last year, he had 1,250 yards, 17 rushing touchdowns, 4.9 yards of carry. He had 81 targets, 59 catches, 580 yards, and four touchdowns. He's under contract for the next five years. He just signed a big deal before the start of the year with an out after 2021 that will only have $4.2 million of dead cap space. His cap hit numbers climbed from 9.2 in 19 to 17.25 million in 20, 13.2 million in 21, 14.2 million in 22, and 12.4 million in 2023. He's got knee concerns. They moved up to draft Daryl Henderson, uh, the running back out of Memphis, who's a home run hitter. And uh, Ben, you mentioned him in the start of the show, somebody that we can uh, provide that handcuff type uh, player for Todd Gurley. And like we mentioned before, Malcolm Brown, uh, the Rams matched his contract. So there's obvious concerns about his knee. The solution has been reduce his workload. And what does that look like? And so if he's been the PPR running back one, uh, you look at his numbers, you take him down to 75%. You know, he's still finishing around the running back seven or eight. If you take him down to 50%, he's still like running back 14 or 15. So does that kind of look like an Alvin Kamara type workload where he's not on the field 90% of the snaps, but when he's in, he's getting touches and he's getting, he's getting yards, he's getting touchdowns, he's scoring. Is he still that running back one is the big question. And then out of the pass catchers, they got three wide receivers and then a, a tight end. Uh, to mention Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods form the probably the best trio of wide receivers in the NFL. Brandon Cooks is 25, entering his sixth NFL season, so he declared fairly early. He's a young dude. Um, consistently in the top 15 PPR wide receivers, despite being on three teams in the last three seasons. So this year with the Rams will be the first time in four years that he'll be on the same team in back-to-back seasons. In 2018, last year, he had 117 targets with 80 catches, 1,204 yards, and five touchdowns. He signed a five-year extension when he arrived in Los Angeles. He's in our contract through 2023 with an out after 2020 with a dead cap hit of $13 million, so That's pretty significant. Um, his max cap hit is $17.8 million in 2022, so he hovers right around $17 million uh, throughout his contract. Um, we talked about consistency. He puts up these end of season numbers that look really good but is he necessarily that good week to week is the big question with Brandon Cooks. Cooper Cup he's 26 so he's actually older than Brandon Cooks. 
He's entering the third, his third NFL season. He tore his ACL in November 2018. All reports have him expected ready to go by week one. Despite only playing in half the games, he had 56 targets, 40 catches, 566 yards, and 12 touchdowns. I'm sorry, six touchdowns. If you extrapolate that out, 80 catches for a um, thousand plus yards, 1,100 yards, and 12 touchdowns. Pretty good. Uh, he was a wide receiver 20, 20, or 25 in PPR during his rookie season, which you don't necessarily see that type of production at a rookie level. Um, so he was continuing to climb on that ladder last season before the injury. He's a third-round pick, so he'll be an unrestricted free agent after 2020. Uh, Robert Woods, 27 years old, entering his seventh NFL season. He actually finished as the wide receiver 11 last year in PPR format by posting 86 catches for 1,219 yards and six touchdowns. He's got three years left on his deal. He's an unrestricted free agent in 2020. His cap hits are actually fairly manageable, right around $7 million in 2019 and 2020, and then it jumps to $9 million in 2021. His dead cap decreases from three and a half million in nineteen down to one point one seven million in twenty twenty one. Um and then Gerald Everett being a tight end. I'm not too stoked about owning a tight end for the Rams. I know a lot of people are like, well, it's a good piece of offense. Gerald Everett's a former second round pick. He's twenty five, entering the third NFL his third NFL season. He was the PPR tight end twenty two last season. Um, but he only had thirty three catches on three hundred and twenty yards and three touchdowns. So maybe like a late flyer like a Will Disley was before, but my opinion of Gerald Everett, like I don't really want Gerald Everett on my team because he's not going to get the production that Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, or Robert Woods have. Fellas, let's hear it. This is obviously the most exciting team to own. Oh yeah. I mean, you go down from even Jared Cook, which is is probably he's probably the least exciting. But even Todd Gurley's, what are you going to do with them? Their suspense, right? Right. And then you got your one, two, three with Cooper, which I didn't realize Cooper was 26. I thought he was younger yeah. than that for some reason. But yeah. Cooks. Well, because he's only his third year. Yeah. Cooks, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, uh, Gerald Everett. Eh. Um, but realistically, I mean, it is a very exciting team to own. And even with Todd Gurley, like you were saying, Nate, um, for me, I have this guy and I dropped, I dropped him. I did drop him, but I haven't projected for a thousand eighty-four yards, twelve touchdowns on the ground, forty-eight receptions, five hundred thirty-three reception, five hundred thirty-three yards in the air with three about three three to four touchdowns receiving. Yeah, with nineteen nice. points. So I mean, this is I mean obviously <laughs> that's still pretty good. Yeah. And so obviously the only concern with him is his knee. But I mean, if you, if you bring him down and you cut some of his production, hopefully the knee holds up. Cause it's, he has arthritis. He doesn't have a, a tear. So it's just one of those things. It's a wear and tear thing. So if you kind of manage him, you can probably get through the season. Right. Can you get the, I think the, the hope is, have a 75% workload to get a hundred percent Todd Gurley instead of getting a hundred percent Todd Gurley for 75% of the year. So right. I, I think that's kind of the game they're playing. No, I mean, I think with Todd Gurley is if they're ever up in the fourth by, you know, maybe 10 or more points, I don't think he's going to see the field. I think they're going to let Malcolm Brown and let Darrell Henderson, yeah. you know, prove their worth. That's a good point. Just let Gurley sit. Which, you know, might hurt fantasy owners who do draft him. But as I said in the last podcast, if you take Todd Gurley, 
please go get Daryl Henderson. Yep. Um, yeah. But then again, if they're up by 10 points and winning, you know, it's you got a fairly high chance that who got those 10 points or majority of the yards is going to be Todd Gurley. So yeah. it's going to be a win-win for you either way. But, yeah, they're going to be saving him or they're in the, hey, I need to win a Super Bowl now before we have to pay uh, Jared Goff. And yep. we lose a bunch of his talent. Yeah. And, so, now, and now, like you said, he if they're up by 10 points, he may not be playing. But most likely he contributed to being up by 10 points. So you will still have exactly. some type of fantasy production. But just kind of like looking at his, at his uh, yards per rush and really rush market share for the past two years, at 62% of the workload for rushing, he was at 4.7. At 56%, he was at 4.9. So if it goes down more, what's to say that his rushing yards don't go up? So it kind of helps balance a little bit. And right. yeah, I mean, so it just – and then the rushing target rate went up, it has been going up as well. So if that trend continues, around, you know they're going to be around the goal line. Who's the better back around the goal line than Todd Gurley? Right. Not yeah. a lot. Jerome Bettis back in the day. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of good fantasy options. And even with my projections, it's like pretty much one, two, three between Cup, uh, Woods, and Cook. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'll spit out here what I got for my ranking. So, I have, again, these are all like, how valuable are they? What could I get in return? I think Brandon Cooks right now, this might shock you guys. I got Brandon Cook as my wide receiver nine. Um, I have Cooper Cook. Cooper Cup as my wide receiver 14, and then Robert Woods as wide receiver 27. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I'm not upset at it. Yeah, no, I mean, they're nice, uh, but you know how I feel about Robert Woods. So, Yeah, Robert Woods is uh, he's a quality player. I just think, I think Cooper Cup is kind of Jared Goff's guy, and a better red zone threat than the other two, than uh, Cooks mm-hmm. or Woods. And uh, like I said, man, wide receiver 25 in PPR his rookie year. And if you extrapolate out his stats, man, he was continuing that climb. Uh, I have Brandon Cooks a little bit higher just because I think you can sell him for more than yeah. Cupper Woods right now. Yeah. And uh, yeah. like we talked about, it may be that false. Like, do I want to draft? I don't want to draft Brandon Cooks as my wide receiver one. My wide receiver one, I want to be a guy that I can depend on week in and week out. I think Brandon Cooks is a nice wide receiver two uh, where he might have a little more variance week to week. Um, but he's going to have weeks where he single-handedly wins you games, but he's not necessarily going to have that safe 12-point floor every week. So Yeah. Um, I mean, I think Robert Wood should be a little higher, but I do under th- understand the thought process because most likely the thought process is, like you said, with Cup being back and playing a full 16, that it's Cooks, Cup, Woods, right? Yeah, that's that's kind of what I – and then you throw in Todd Gurley and you throw in Daryl Henderson. So Robert Woods yeah. might be the fourth option on that team, depending on how they use Todd Gurley. Yeah. Opinion. Yeah. And, and I do like cooks. I mean, I got into a debate on Twitter a little bit with someone because I said that uh, cooks wasn't consistent. And when you look at the season, he's over a thousand yards, but like for me, I like to look at game to game and he was one of out of the top 24. He was one of the lowest consistent players per game. Not saying don't draft yeah. him, but if you can get someone like a Hopkins and then a Cooks in the third. I mean, that kind of helps balance that out. Or a Devontae yeah. Adams from last year. So it's just it's yep. just a matter of balancing out per game. Not year. You know what you're going to get. But per game. Because you you got to think at of the per game level. Yep. I agree. Week, week to week. Because that's why I think you can 
probably sell him for a little bit more because you can lay it out there. Dude had 80 catches for 1,200 yards last season. Like, that's pretty eye-popping. Right. So if I can get a more consistent receiver, maybe, that's why I just think his value right now is probably a little bit higher than, than what his consistency shows. No, I agree. All right, well, I think that wraps up the NFC West, fellas. A lot of good fantasy football players in here, a lot of good information, hopefully. This helped out with you guys' drafts and racks and stacks and projections and all that stuff. This helped him out. This helped him out because we delivered it perfectly, Nate. <laughs> of course. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and get into... And now, the prospect of the week. Of the week. All right, prospect of the week. I have another wide receiver. Uh, it'll be Tyler Johnson. Uh, he's a senior wide receiver for the University of Minnesota. Uh, six foot two, 200 pounds. And his career, he's played in 30 games, 127 catches, 1,987 yards receiving with 20 receiving touchdowns, uh, averaging 15.6 yards a catch. Uh, he's a guy that was potentially coming out in the 2019 class, who was kind of a sleeper because he plays for Minnesota, which isn't traditionally a powerhouse NCAA football team. Um, but he was a riser, and he was rising. We ended up declaring to go back to school in January, and I had him as my number three wide receiver in the 2019 class behind Nikhil Harry and Kelvin Harmon, which at the time in January, Kelvin Harmon was a top five consensus wide receiver before he bombed uh, the combine. He got drafted in the sixth round. But uh, Tyler Johnson has alpha size being 6'2", 200 pounds. He's got the alpha traits to go with it. So he high points the ball and he wins with his big body. Uh, and he actually put some DeAndre Hopkins-esque catches on tape. Uh, he actually had a catch in the uh, Minnesota spring game, man, where he just goes up and like classic, like you'd watch on Sunday NFL countdown, Moss is a guy and just continues into the end zone. Um, so I think he, he he's staying low on the radar right now just because of the, he plays for Minnesota. But – he set a school record this year at Minnesota for receiving yards and touchdowns, and he was named first team all Big Ten. Um, I have him as my wide receiver three in 2020. And I think he can probably stay there. That's probably higher than most people have him right now. But I think with another year of tape, uh, I think it's something that he can solidify himself as a, as a truly elite wide receiver in this class. Well, I mean, if he's getting compared to DeAndre Hopkins, I'm kind of all in. Well, that's me making the comparison, and I'll, I'll try to I'll try to DM you the uh, the video I saw. I'll post it on my Twitter as well. But it, it's impressive, and he does that stuff routinely for Minnesota. So it's it's pretty it's pretty awesome stuff. I trust your I trust yeah, your economy. I, mean, I trust it. <laughs> so yeah. if he's not DeAndre Hopkins, then and I can blame you. It's perfect. <laughs> well. Another thing, too, is um, the head coach and OC is the same combo that sent uh, Corey Davis to be the number five draft pick. So they do know how to use a number one wideout very, very well. Yeah. PJ Flex. Yeah, and I still yeah, think Corey Flex Davis is good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Corey Davis, super talented. That's a, that's a story for another time. But. Exactly. <laughs> so. All right, let's go ahead and get to our next segment, the Twitter roster analysis. What you got, Ben? All right, so for this one, uh, we picked Hyde and Zeke, and his league was just a 10-team. Want to start one quarterback, two running backs, two wideouts, uh, three flex, one tight end. And by looking at it, um, 
You said that you were a contender with the lineup of Jared Goff, Le'Veon Bell, Alvin Kamara, Robert Woods, Tyler Boyd, Zach Ertz, James White, Damian Williams, and Dante Pettis. I would say you're very much a contender. Mm-hmm. Um, the one weak point that I could see for you that on your team was wideouts, and not that they're badged, that they're very young, and they still might be growing into their roles. I believe Robert Woods and Tyler Boyd are very good, uh, along with Pettis. But behind them, you got Marquise Brown, McCole Hardman, Terry McLaurin as rookies, who might not step up this year. Uh, so to a trade that could give you just more depth for bye weeks, and if injury does, a hap- does happen, you have someone to fall into. And that's, uh, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Larry Fitzgerald. And... Yeah, get him, and you can give up a 2023rd, and it will equal out on the trade calculator, and he is all yours. And you get him for this year, make your run, and then uh, watch those young running back, young wide receivers uh, take another step. And then you were kind enough to show us your uh, free agent list, and I saw Mohamed Sanu in there, and just somebody who has a role that is secure in that Atlanta offense, even as it's number three, uh, he will still get you, you know, probably five to 10 points a game. And uh, he's a great bi-week filler if you needed it. No, I like it guys. And remember the guys at CPMC will give you that analysis plus more. So check them out. All right, guys, that's the end of the show. Where can they follow you guys again? Uh, you can follow me at Ben FF on Twitter. And I'm at FF Big Cat on Twitter. And I'm at One King FFB. Follow us, follow the show, create a rank, and create a rank.com. Everybody, good day. Mm-hmm.